Hi, and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. My name's Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently a board-certified behavior analyst working at a private center. The whole goal of this podcast is to help you with balance. So you'll have some episodes helping you at work and other episodes helping you outside of work. I hope you guys are excited to dive into today's episode. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Now, you've heard it before, I've heard it before, I've even said it before. We all know that mental health matters, but that only gets us so far. How can we work on our mental health? What proactive strategies can we take? And what's the difference between proactive and reactive strategies anyways, and why does that matter? That's what today's episode is all about. So first, When we look at strategies, they're going to either be proactive or reactive. So proactive is something that you do ahead of time to try and ward off the problem. And reactive is something that you do after the problem has happened. So this can apply to anything. It can apply to work, life, you, your family. But let's use an example that I think is pretty clear. Hangovers. Because most people who consume alcohol have experienced a hangover at some point in their life. And most people don't set out with the goal to have a hangover, but it's the lack of proactive strategies that land you in that very unfortunate situation. So when you use proactive strategies when you're drinking, you're more likely to avoid a hangover. And so those proactive strategies can be including limiting the number of drinks you have, drinking water between each drink, eating a meal before drinking, and other measures that you use to help limit how much alcohol you have and the effects you have after them. When you dive headfirst into drinking too much and end up with a hangover, this is where those reactive strategies kick in. Think uh, taking another sip of alcohol, that whole like hair of the dog concept, eating greasy food or what your version of a hangover food is, taking Advil, uh, having copious amounts of coffee, laying on the bathroom floor. If you've been there, that sucks. And I wanted to use that example because I feel like that's a very, if you've had a hangover, you're thinking, oh my God, why did I not do something different last night? Why did I not use those proactive strategies? Example that could help you click into what we're going to talk about today. So you want to use proactive strategies with your mental health to, again, try and avoid that slump. Now, I have an anxiety disorder, and I am definitely not saying that by using my proactive strategies, I never have anxiety, but my proactive strategies do make it easier for me to combat when those anxious thoughts pop up. Whereas when I'm not doing things in my daily routine to help, that's when I have to do those reactive strategies after my mental health has slipped. I can definitely do future episodes about what those reactive strategies look like because sometimes I do have to use those, but this podcast is going to focus on proactive strategies. And if this has sounded really complicated, I'm just setting up the framework to tell you guys we're talking about hobbies. So what is a hobby? It's any activity that's regularly done during spare or leisure time that's done for your enjoyment. The activity can be relaxing, like reading, or high energy, like playing sports, but the purpose of it is to be pleasurable. It's not for work. It's not required. It's just because you want to do it. And you might be wondering, why did I just take time to explain that? It's because I thought hobbies were complicated. I thought I had to spend a lot of money and a lot of time, find a group, drive to a location for it to count as a hobby. I basically thought it had to be 
a, a beautiful Instagram photo to be a hobby. I didn't really think simple things I did at home like reading a book counted. And I kind of saw things like reading a book a waste of time because I always felt like I had to be productive. And I ended up overworking myself, which only hurt my mental health in the end. Hobbies are whatever you want them to be. And more importantly, they're really crucial to your overall well-being. Research shows that hobbies lead to reduced stress, enhanced well-being, improved social connection, decreased depression and anxiety, and improved mental health. Now, I did cite an article from Utah State University that recaps everything I'm about to share, and it's linked in the show notes, but here's a quick snapshot. So in that article, they cited a study that showed that 75% of participants' cortisol levels, which is a marker of stress, was lowered after making art. They also cited a New England study that showed that creative activities led to a sense of enhanced well-being. The participants felt a higher positive effect and a sense of flourishing after days where they completed a creative activity. For social connection, if you struggle to initiate and maintain friendships and that's something that you really want, group and team hobbies, book clubs, recreational leagues can help you feel more connected. Regarding mental health, research shows that hobbies can lead to fewer symptoms of depression and anxiety. Even 10 minutes outside can help combat those concerns that some of us deal with every day. And then with physical health, hobbies that include physical activities, lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate. Really, the benefits we get from hobbies are overflowing. But I hear a lot of people say, I just don't have time for a hobby. So here are some ideas of ways you can fit them into your schedule. So one way is to build it into your everyday routine for like 10, 20 minutes. Maybe it is going for a walk, reading a book, or playing a video game. Maybe a daily commitment is too much, but you want to carve out a chunk of time during the week. So here are like two hours I'm going to use every week, and that's playing on a volleyball rec team, painting a picture, baking a cake. Or maybe you want to have long and short versions of the hobby. So an example is we love to hike. So we have some trails close to our home that are like one to two miles. This is great if we've got maybe something going on at noon on a Sunday and we want to do something in the morning. Then we also have trails that take us an hour to drive through and those are four miles long. That's better if we have the whole afternoon clear for that hobby. So having different ways you can engage in your hobby can help you fit it into your schedule. But if you still don't have time and you have an iPhone, take a look at your screen time. It's under your settings. You might be surprised at what you find. I took a look at mine for the week of September 19th through 25th, 2022 for this podcast script. And across the seven days, I spent 12 hours and 36 minutes on Instagram and five hours and 14 minutes on TikTok. I do run a small business and I use Instagram for that, so I would account about an hour a day as work-related, but that only accounts for about seven of the overall 12 hours. So I would say it's about five-ish hours of leisure time on both Instagram and TikTok. That's 10 hours a week. Now, I love social media, but I know I could split that time in half, spend five hours a week doing something I love, and then still have five hours on social media. One thing that does help is I set a time limit on the app so I can't be on TikTok for more than 45 minutes and that's really helped me curb time to find more time in my schedule for the hobbies. And then I pulled some data from friends to do the same analysis and thank you to all four of them for being willing to share this with me. Ashley from Spectacular Days spent almost 17 hours on Instagram. Again, she uses Instagram for her small business so we're going to cut her some slack and take seven hours off. We're going to do the same 
one hour a day that I took off from my calculation, but she still ends with an extra 10 hours in the week. Now, Ashley does a great job balancing hobbies with a full-time job and small business while also being the mom of three young kids. She exercises with the group every morning and reads as much as I do, but she definitely has like eight to 10 extra hours up for grabs for any other hobby that she wants. Kim from Little Miss Kim's class has around 10 hours of social media across multiple apps in her seven-day span. She definitely has some time on the table that she could pull for hobbies, but if you follow her on Instagram, you also know she does a great job of getting out and about on weekends. She also has time limits on certain apps. It's the same strategy I use to limit my TikTok time, and it's helped both of us have better boundaries with our phone and engage in more of our hobbies. Kayla from Living That Sped Teacher Life was kind enough to share that she has over 20 hours of time across the week. Now, I'm again giving her credit here because six of those hours were on her message app. She says she texts too much, but I'm not faulting anyone who spends time texting family and friends. Some of her usage was also things like YouTube music, which can play in the background while she works. That being said, she still has a lot of time to pull to a hobby. And the last one is Cassie from Adventures of Behavior. She also had about a 10 hour amount combined from Instagram and Facebook. She could pull even two hours of that for a hobby each week and still have eight hours on social media. My point is I'm not telling you to ditch social media. I literally tell my husband it's my ticky talk time and he knows that I get to go on the app for 45 minutes and leave me alone please. But I also wanted you to know that if you really really want to start a hobby and if you don't have one yet I highly suggest you think about it. It's a great place to search for some time in your schedule. Now, if your problem is not that you don't have time for hobby, but you just don't know what you want to do, I've got a couple of ideas for four different vibes. So I do have a printable linked in the show notes, but I'll just read it out and we'll save anything kind of registers in your brain that you might want to try out. If you're more of a creative type, maybe you want to do dance, photography, sewing, knitting, painting, pottery, jewelry making, wood carving, singing, or scrapbooking. If you're looking for more of a cozy vibe, maybe you want to do reading or journaling, puzzles, gardening, cooking and baking, coloring, video games, music, and candle making. If you're trying to be really athletic, you could check out running, hiking, weight training, kayaking, canoeing, fishing, backpacking, camping, scuba diving, and biking. And if you are craving that social connection, that's where you might want to look for recreation teams, volunteering, a bowling league, a book club, a Bible study, a chess, acting, cosplay, yoga class, trivia nights. There are tons of options for hobbies. And my recommendation, if you're first starting out looking for a hobby, try a bunch of different things. So when I first realized I need to get some more hobbies, I already had reading going. Turns out I love cooking. I did not know that. If you follow me on social media now, you know I love to cook, but I just figured out about five-ish years ago that that's something I really enjoy. I also tried going to yoga classes. I did not like that at all. I've done book clubs before, and I'm kind of picky about the book clubs. Some of them I love, some of them I haven't liked at all. So it's been a lot of trial and error for me. And so I recommend grab that hobby idea list, maybe circle three to five that sound interesting, and try them all for a month and see if you can find a hobby that you want to stick with. At the same time, monitor that screen time and see if you can carve out a pocket in your weekly schedule to do the hobby. So give yourself a month to find the time and the hobby, and then do it for a couple weeks, 
and you'll probably start to find that you're getting those benefits of a little bit less stress, a little bit less anxiety, a little bit more enjoyment in life. I hope this podcast was short, to the point, and helpful. And if you do start a hobby, please let me know because I love seeing people make time for themselves and their schedule. I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you guys found something useful and you can always come visit me on Instagram at Adaptation Station for more content all about work and life. I hope you guys join me for the next episode and have a good one.